Okay, we're live. So welcome back to the Sense Spotlight. This is Matthew, and we're here today with another amazing creator focusing on some of the amazing things they're doing in CryptoVoxels. You may know this person through their post on Scent, talking about all things CryptoVoxels, or maybe their new project, which is pretty interesting, an NFT annotating tool that I've used and works like a charm. And I like to refer to this individual as the CryptoVoxel mayor. Of course, Ben Nolan is, is the king, emperor, or whatever. But my guest today is amazingly active in CryptoVoxels, the events that they're putting on from the, the current CryptoVoxel character creation contest to just all their work and builds is just amazing. I'm really happy to speak today with Common. Welcome to the show, Common. Hey, great to be here. I'll ask you the question that I ask everyone. Tell the Scent audience who Common is. So um, yeah, I'm kind of a game developer, product manager, working out of the Bay Area. I've been following Ethereum for a couple of years now, and up until the earlier half of this year, I was working kind of in the DeFi space. So, you know, working on, you know, uh, apps and bots uh, around Compound and Augur and certain things like that. So I'm kind of new to the crypto art, crypto voxel scene, got into it around the summertime and just kind of been tumbling down the rabbit hole <laughs> deeper every day. So when did you actually hop on to, to crypto voxels? So the funny thing is, I did encounter it once like a long time ago, it felt like a year ago. And somehow when I was walking around a district, I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Uh, somehow in that area that I was in, there wasn't a lot to see. So I was like, okay, well, it's kind of interesting. And I kind of fell out of it. And then like six months later, a tweet popped up. Someone, someone had a tweet. I don't remember the original tweet, but it was a link to a, a gallery or something. And I just clicked on it in Twitter. And somehow like going from Twitter to CryptoVoxels in one click it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, like, wait a minute. I went from like Twitter to like Oasis. So, and also the, the, at the time, the, when I went to that area, there was a lot more things to, to look at and see. And so I was like, okay, let me look more deeper into this. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've just been exploring more and more in, in the space. It's actually a similar story with how I encountered CryptoVoxels too. Somehow I fell into it a while back, maybe around the same timeline as you, like a year ago. And walking around, and it, there really wasn't that much. But then I think it was Connie um, on set and I was just watching his post about CryptoVoxels. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. I need to check this out. And I was like, oh my God, there's like stuff going on here. And then that's when I encountered all the, the crypto artists who were hanging all their crypto art in their galleries. And I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it was Connie. Now that you mentioned it, I think it was Connie. <laughs> in in the crypto art space, I think Connie is like the, the conduit for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's incredible. So. <laughs> but after you fell into CryptoVoxels through the, the Twitter portal or through the tweet or whatever from Connie, I mean, you've definitely taken to it like a fish takes to water. Every post that I see of yours, you're doing something over there. You have that CryptoVoxel character contest that you're doing in partnership with a, a bunch of other the users that are on send also in CryptoVoxels. But tell me about that progression from when you went back and you really realized, wow, this is interesting. I can go from Twitter to CryptoVoxels until today, where again, like you're like the mayor of CryptoVoxels from my perspective. Tell me about that. So, okay, I got into it at that moment. I was like, all right, let me, let me check everything out. And at the time, there was the CryptoVoxel contest where it was, there were different categories. Um, there was like best build, best voxel creation. 
And the prizes were some really nice parcels like uh, near Shenzhen, really tall, really cool. And I was like, okay, let me try and enter the contest and, um, and try and win one of these. So I just started going into it. I got into some scripting videos from one of the users, Faye. Faye's pretty active in the scripting um, uh, community. So I watched some of his videos, got into it, <clears throat> and built kind of a, an open sea store. So basically, uh, you could walk into the store from any one of the arches. And depending on which arch you walked in, the store would update uh, pulling NFTs from OpenSea to basically show you NFTs in that category. So you could walk through a CryptoKitty uh, door or a marble card door and see all the offerings in that. So I built that and submitted that for the contest. And in the process of doing that, I was I really didn't know much about all the NFTs that were out there. Like I knew CryptoKitties and uh, a few of them, but I was like, all right, well, in the process of building this store, I was like, let me just check out some of these projects that I'm like, I'm adding. And from there, that's how I discovered, you know, Super Rare and Maker's Place and Known Origin, these art platforms. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I think I, I, I bought my first NFT. I was a little hesitant on spending money because I was still like, mm, like, you know, how do I know it's valuable or not? But I, I went for it. And then I think, I think a lot of people go through this, this, same, this same flow where like once you buy a piece of art, you're like, well, what do I, what do, I do with it now? I mean, so I can, just, I can show them my profile page on Super Rare, but that's a little underwhelming. Like they don't really get it. They're like, okay, well, that's cool. You bought that. So I was like, all right, let me build a gallery for my next project. So I just started building like a, a gallery to start showing things. And it kind of for the first time, I was like, wow, like I'm actually a gallery builder. I'm a gallery owner. I'm a curator. Like, it just felt like I never imagined myself doing this, but like somehow like putting up some pieces, I was like, this is really cool. And um, I started showing it on Twitter and like some of the artists were like replying. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really neat. Like connecting with the artists, talking with them and just getting into the community more. I was like, this is really fun. And so I just kind of kept on basically doing that process, of, like looking for new art that's really cool, acquiring the art and then building the gallery or expanding the gallery to like showcase it. So it's kind of just been going back and forth. I participated in the Dao Saka. Same here. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's a really, really, really cool project around DevCon and loved some of the work that came out of that. So got some of those pieces and just, just kind of adding fuel to the, the, the fire, really. And so, yeah, just kind of doing that. And I was basically, my first gallery built was called Gallery A because the original plan was, okay, I'll do 26 galleries and every gallery will just be named a, B, C, D. And then after the first one, I was like, you know, that's going to be kind of boring. Like, I think it's going to be kind of boring <laughs> to call every gallery that. So let me just try and do different themed ones. And then the next part was, I was like, oh, you know, it does take a long time to build these galleries. Let me see what's for sale and see like, because there's some really great builders in CV. Let me see if someone's already built a great gallery that I can just sort of fill up. So I actually acquired my first pre-built parcel that was already built that way in Midtown from a builder named Edmund. And it's a beautiful gallery. Uh, he like he built the address, the street address, into the gallery itself. So if you go to Two Desi Gateway, you can see it built in. I just I loved it. It was amazing, and it's like four floors. So that was kind of like my home base for a while. Where basically, as I bought new art, I would switch out, you know, on the second or fourth floor art up there. Put my marble cards collection in there. Marble cards, a really cool NFT game. So I just started using that as my home base, and then it kind of started getting full. And I was like, you know what, like um, one of the first things I really want to, I want to see in the CV world is like kind of like a cyberpunk neon district, you know, something out of Blade Runner, like walking down the streets of Blade Runner. Neuromancer, Blade Runner, yeah. Yes, exactly. Neuromancer, that's one of my favorite books. Um, and I was like, uh, I'd like to see this. And I was kind of looking around and Shenzhen originally was the idea for like, okay, well, Shenzhen would be a cool location. There's a lot of tall buildings there's some parcels available. So I jumped on some parcels there and slowly started building out 
like some flashy lights. And that's actually where I built my, my, my main gallery, the Rubik's. It was two stories tall. And I was like, oh, this is really neat, but I kind of want more. Like, I don't want to just look at like one building. I want to see like a whole district like this with art, you know, art and signs everywhere. You know, the cluttered, you know, the downtown Asian markets where they have like all those signs everywhere. And then at the time, Gangnam had been uh, just added to CV and it had been around for about two weeks, but um, there wasn't really a lot, of, a lot of activity there. And I noticed like, huh, wait a minute, like on, on OpenSea, there's like a bunch of the parcels just like connected and, and, and open. So I was like, all right, well, let me try this. And it was a little bit of a hesitation at first because I was like, all right, well, do I really want to spend this much right now on virtual land? Um, but I was like, all right, you know what, let's, let's try it because, um, you know, let's go for it. So uh, bought up some parcels in Gangnam. And there are already a couple owners already there. Um, so I reached out to the people who already there. I was like, hey, um, on Discord. I was like, hey, you know, I want to do this sort of uh, neon zone uh, city district. Uh, what do you guys think? And everyone I reached out to was like super receptive. They're like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's, what can I do to help? What can, what can we do? So we just started building up, just sort of seeing what looked good, um, using neon colors. Um, and it came together pretty quickly. Like we had like four or five parcels connected, pretty tall. And we're just putting up art that we liked. That like, oh, this looks cool. That looks great. And then the next step was, oh, the next step was basically leasing gallery space. Because, yeah, throughout the process of doing this, building these galleries, I'm like, you know, this is a lot of work to do. And I enjoy it sometimes. But sometimes I'm like, you know, what? I just want a really cool place to put up a bunch of work. And I was like, I bet artists feel the same way. Like, I'm sure that some artists enjoy building a gallery. And I'm sure there's some artists who are like, I just want to spend all my time on my art. But I also want to have the art shown in a cool area. And so I was like, okay, there's probably a need here. So started build, building some galleries and then just sort of quietly reaching out to some artists being like, hey, would you like to, you know, lease a space? So how are the leases actually carried out? Are they just P2P and you're like, hey, you give them the access to edit through the CryptoVoxel interface? Yeah. So um, in CryptoVoxels, you can, you can grant any address uh, contributor access. So that address can then build on your parcel, but they don't own the NFT, the, the land token. Currently, the way it works is it's all trust-based. So once uh, an exchange has been made, I do a social post on all my social channels, basically stating the, the terms of the lease um, with the idea that if I break the lease at some point, okay, it'll, it'll break any chance of doing a future lease later on because the reputation will be broken. This absolutely could be done with a smart contract. And one of my goals is, okay, now that we're seeing up traction, basically build that contract where the contract would take escrow of a token and, and basically have, take payment from the renter and release the, the token back to the owner once the rent has um, been paid up, the duration's been paid. I'm super excited for that. When I saw all these informal lease arrangements start to spring up, that's where my mind immediately went. But then my mind then went to like the actual works. I mean, right now, CryptoVoxels, anyone can post any of these works. Um, but I think in the future, some sort of future, uh, just being able to to lend out and lease the actual NFTs. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like artwork. Exactly. Like imagine, yeah, like you have a launch event in CV and you want to show off that you own these really rare pieces. Maybe you don't buy them, but you rent them for the night. Exactly. That would be really cool. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I think, so that's like yeah, totally on the roadmap. Um, totally doable. It just, it just matters sitting down and getting it done. If someone else does it first, great. Um, I'll use it. Um, but if no, one, no one's done it in a, in a few months or something, then I'll, I'll definitely jump on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Gangnam just kept on expanding, um, just meeting more artists, getting kind of just feeding off everyone's energy. Like, you know, you build something, you show it, people get revved up, they have ideas and stuff, and it kind of goes back into 
that cycle of like, oh, let me go back and change this or let me go back and add to this. And you just keep on going back and forth. The collaborative interplay between the, the actual creators and well, you're a creator as well, obviously, just everyone in this space, it's so, it's exciting. And that exchange is very addicting. Uh, you want to keep coming back, see what someone else does. It's competitive, actually. Like there's a very nice competitive spirit to this. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and just focusing real quick on the, the crypto art part, because I know you're a collector too, and you have a nice collection over at Super Rare admiring some of the pieces. We have some, some good taste, I think, some similar artists between us in our collections. But what's your take on the crypto art scene and how it, it's been growing quite nicely and there it seems to be increased interest from more traditional artists coming in? I know Trevor Jones just announced his partnership with A Lot of Money where he will be tokenizing his work for the first time, which is pretty sweet. Just what's your, your overall take on the state of the crypto art space? I mean... It's really exciting. Just crypto art alone, the idea of taking digital art, tokenizing it on a blockchain, and then um, issuing editions of it from the artist. It is incredibly cool. It definitely takes a little bit of like a mental mind flip to like, to get to the other. There's, like there's almost like a gap of like going from the traditional art world to like digital art and, and, and having value on that. And I think like once you get over that gap, you're completely in it. But for some people that I've talked to just in person, it's a little hard to get them over that gap of like accepting why this is valuable because they see it's just like an image or, or a GIF and they're like, why is that worth you know, X, you know, so much money? I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if there's blockchain around in the times of Da Vinci and Da Vinci had tokenized some of his works, I think they'd be very valuable right now. If we knew for a fact that he issued them from his own address, they'd be very valuable. So it's, it's kind of just, it's so early on that people are just kind of coming to terms with the idea that this is valuable. It's exciting to me for a lot of ways. A few of them are just basically expanding the audience from which artists can sell their works. So I could see some artists in areas where their communities around them aren't interested in the work they, they make. Maybe there's no economic energy there for them, for, for them to sell their works. So if they tokenize their works and put it into, into the, the blockchain, put it into a virtual gallery. Suddenly they, can, oh, they open it up to a whole global marketplace. And say, oh, it also goes for like political art. Like someone could be in a country where their art can't be sold locally because it's politically not allowed. So now they can tokenize it and then get paid all through the blockchain. Um, so that's really, really revolutionary. And that wasn't possible before blockchain because you could always do digital art. Like they could upload their art to DeviantArt, let's say, but no one would necessarily pay them money for it. They would just take the image. So yeah, that's, that's really, it was really powerful. Yeah. I think most people, they just say, they see the digital image and like, well, I can just copy that and send it over. And that digital ownership is definitely something that we need better ways or better expressions uh, to convey that to people. And also just intrinsic trust in the creator to, for example, if they're doing something on super rare and it's a one-on-one uh, super rare piece, trusting them that they will not make another copy of that and then as a buyer, trusting that and, and knowing that you have the only token that represents the ownership of that artwork, that's something that it's hard to get to. And I feel like pointing that part out is really, really crucial, but in a very simple, easy, intuitive way. But another piece with this, and you mentioned this, like if Da Vinci had created something and tokenized his pieces way back, it would be valuable today. I remember when I first came across NFTs, as with everyone probably with CryptoKitties, and there was a tweet that someone had thrown out 
around that time, just because everyone was thinking about like, oh, NFTs, this is amazing. They're talking about the provenance of a piece. And one of the cool thought experiments that I just, I kind of fell down at, like on my knees, like, oh my God, that's incredible, is that you can see the addresses that are associated with it and say like, hey, what happens if like a famous person owned this crypto kitty? Like, would that increase the price of this? Would that increase the perceived rarity of this piece? And that was interesting. But then I hadn't thought about that for quite a while until I saw your new project, Scribe, where you created a smart contract that allows individuals, owners of NFTs, to annotate the NFTs when it's in their possession. And immediately I went back to that thought experiment. But I just want you to, to introduce your project to the audience. And then I'd love to talk about your future thoughts on, on Scribe and how that tool could potentially be used. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a spot on. It's the same idea. It's like, hmm, like if an art piece passes hands through another famous owner, um, like, okay, let's say Pablo Picasso owned another artist's artwork, that would definitely increase the value of that art, knowing the history, like, oh, wow, that it was owned by this famous person. And in reality, it's kind of hard to prove that because you could be like, well, how do I know for a fact, unless there's like documented evidence that this photo was in the house of so-and-so. But yeah, on the blockchain, you can literally see the addresses of like the previous owners and be like, oh, so-and-so owned it three trades ago. So yeah, the hypothesis is, all right, it'll be worth more if it's owned by someone reputable. So it's kind of, that's the, the scribe project basically is taken from that where it's like, okay, well, how do we make that more visible? How do we make the previous owners more visible for an NFT? So scribe is a contract where anyone can basically look at an NFT, upload one, and then if they're the owner of it, they can submit a, a, an annotation on that NFT. And then it preserves the history, the timeline. So basically, if I own an NFT, I can write a message. I can then send you that one. And now I can't write a message. Now you can, you can write it. So that's kind of the project right now. And what I'm hoping what will happen is, yeah, some pieces will start getting people to annotate and then uh, maybe even increase the value of some pieces. But also it allows for like an artist to also do like a personalized message. So if I buy a, a piece from a, an artist before they, 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 tran- they, they, they transfer back, they could write a little message or, Hey, Conlon, uh, best wishes or best luck with this piece. And maybe that, you know, that, that, that this kind of adds a little more personalization with it. No, totally. I mean, it, it makes the, the token itself potentially, it, it allows for it to become like a, holiday card or gift card or like just in time for the holidays everyone make sure you pick up an nft and then annotate it with scribe and send it to your loved ones like that's actually like a fantastic idea right and unlike the the cards that we get from our relatives over the holidays or during our birthdays like that message will always be on that that token absolutely you won't throw it away the week after the holidays at all like it's Um. (laughs) it's funny to laugh at that idea how because it is kind of silly, but like, it's so powerful at the same time. It's incredibly powerful. I was super excited to see this project and I annotated my first NFT, uh, I guess the other week, a marble card that I, someone actually had minted of my profile page on scent. And then luckily like they were really, really nice, but they contacted me. They're like, Hey, I have your, <laughs> I have your profile on marble card. Do you want the marble card? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent it to me and then I just annotated explaining what it is and where it's linked to. But 
it was a really cool uh, experience. Uh, and then thanks to your help, just figuring out like where the, the token address can easily be found and the URL on OpenSea and then the token ID as well, adding that and then just linking the wallet that it's associated with. It's, it's a really, really easy process. Oh, I have some ideas to make that easier too. Um, coming soon will be like a drop-down box in the input field with a bunch of like known addresses. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that way if you go into it, if you like the marble card one will already be there, you can just click marble card. Now, and that way people want to look up where the marble card address is. So that'll definitely be easier. Oh, that, that'll really make it much easier. Um, the other thing I was thinking about too is uh, just, I would love to see all the other tokens that are being annotated, seeing what's written over there. That That's immediately where my mind went next is like, okay, I did this for mine. What's everyone else doing? Like looking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be really cool to see. And then I think I'm going to write a post about that. <laughs> Just saying like, if anyone in your life doesn't have an NFT, like this is a great way to give them an NFT with, with a message, like literally. Sure. Sure. I think, yeah, actually Nostro on Twitter, uh, he, he mentioned something. He said, he mentioned Hallmark NFTs, like let's scribe. So I think, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a good use case um, for it. Well, we'll get into the last question that I always ask my guests, but are there any creators uh, over on Scent that yeah, you would like to, to see get spotlighted sometime in the future? Uh, just shout them out. Uh, okay, well, uh, I don't know if he's on Scent, but Matt Kane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he posted something on Twitter, I don't know, maybe it was a while back, but how like he's an artist and all his works he uses, like, you know, he uses programs to generate them. And, but he writes the programs himself. Like he made the comparison of like an artist making their own brushes and paints and oils. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Um, and so I, I'd love to hear more about his process and thoughts on it. Oh yeah. I saw that tweet too. And that was crazy. And I know I, I saw that bidding war when you were ultimately the winner of the one of us variation. And then when I saw that tweet and I realized that he wrote all the code to, to make that, I was like, Wow. That, that blew my mind. It really did. So we need to get him on scent so we can spotlight him. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that piece really, um, the, I remember when I, f- I first saw it, it's like kind of going in, going into the Frankenstein. You're like, oh, it's kind of cool. And then it goes whoosh and like goes to the side. And you're like, oh my God, like it's just nuts. And I was like, all right, okay, I want this. <laughs> yeah, that n- nice purchase there. Uh, Round of applause <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, comment. it was a pleasure to speak with you and talk about crypto voxels, crypto art, and then the project that you're, you're currently working on, uh, Scribe. Um, but looking forward to continued creations and posts on scent and we'll just take it easy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, and I do want to say, uh, I'll, I would love to bring up another project maybe in about a month or six weeks from now, still early on, but like, absolutely. Like I, I definitely would love to share this, this next project, um, with you guys. Cool. Well, looking forward to that post and the show is always open to you to, to share any, any details that we love to break new projects open on the spotlight. So that's cool. Okay, sweet, cool. sweet. We'll take it easy. All right, you too.